Hello and welcome to You, Me and the Economy. We are officially entering an era of transnational cronyism. A top Sri Lankan official has alleged that Modi pressured Sri Lanka to choose Adani. At the same time, NGT has ordered Adani-owned UPCL to pay for environmental damage. You may not have seen or read these in the mainstream media. Well, this is also an era of only his master's voice. Meanwhile, India has abandoned its own stand on intellectual property rights of COVID vaccine. Here is a weekly roundup of economy and finance. The chairman of Sri Lanka's Cylon Electricity Board, MMC Ferdinando, gave disposition before a parliamentary panel that the president of the country asked him to award a renewable energy project to the Adani Group because the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi was pressurizing him. And thus, the 500 megawatt project went to Adani. The revelation kicked up a storm. President Godabaya Rajapaksha had to deny it publicly. And later, Ferdinando resigned from his post after withdrawing the statement. But so far, the Indian media seems to have not heard of it at all. And there is not a single line about it even in the mainstream business journals. A little digging on the internet would reveal that since Mr. Modi came into office, Mr. Adani's net worth has increased by around 230%. He has continuously won government tenders, built infrastructure projects across the country and multiplied profits. Adani Group is everywhere, from airports to seaports, thermal power to solar power. And today its presence is transnational, and so are the allegations against him. On the other hand, the National Green Tribunal has ordered Adani-owned Udupi Power Corporation Limited, a coal thermal power plant, to pay rupees 52 crore as fine. This is for causing environmental damage and health hazards to the residents of nearby villages. The tribunal has directed officials of the state and the central pollution control boards to initiate prosecution against UPCL or impose additional penalties for tempering with the pollution monitoring system. Furthermore, NGT has formed an expert joint committee tasked with a study on the impact on agricultural lands around the thermal power plant. Earlier in 2019, the same plant was fined 5 crore for the same reasons. The National Green Tribunal had also cancelled the environmental clearance for the plant expansion. Back on the economic front, the former economic advisor of the Modi government, Arvind Subramanyam, has raised concern about the RBI's autonomy and integrity and said that it has become a mere extension of the government. Meanwhile, the present advisor, Ananta Nageshwaran, was battling for the government. He complimented the government for taking swift and precise policy initiatives and the RBI for its timely interventions. Both comments were made after the latest household inflation expectations survey results. As per the survey, inflation will remain high for some time. Results showed that household median inflation perception will rise by 10 base points for the next three months and 30 base points for one year ahead. The bi-monthly monetary policy analysis predicts that inflation is expected to be above 7% in the first two quarters of the current fiscal. Remember, the mandate of the RBI is to keep inflation rate below 6%. But since 2019, for more than half the time, it has been above the 6% ceiling. Subramanian says somehow ceilings turn into floors, until even these floors were breached for long periods. This, he says, has been in part to do with the RBI's efforts to act as the government's face-saver instead of being true to its own mandate. 
from keeping the interest rates on government securities low to paying huge dividends to the government the rbi seems to have allowed inflation to drop from its list of priorities the consequences are being borne by the poor while the present adviser revels in the exemplary resilience shown by india in recovering from the pandemic the former adviser seems to point towards the human cost of it on the international front india has taken a u turn in the removal of ip barriers on all covid medicines and vaccines earlier india along with south africa had proposed to lift all the ip barriers on all covid response tools the same was now discussed in the wto conference and the whole world is anxiously awaiting the outcome a draft decision text tabled by the director general got leaked recently The text had only a proposal for waiving only one of the conditions for the issuance of compulsory license. The original waiver proposed provided full freedom for WTO members to remove all the IP barriers. The text further places several conditions that will make the waiver even harder to get. A lot of outreach followed. Famous economist Joseph Stiglitz and former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon appealed to Prime Minister Narendra Modi and the South African president Cyril Ramaphosa to reject it. New Delhi did not respond. However, during negotiations which started on May 17th, India took the strange position that it would not propose amendments but only express its opinion about suggestions of other countries. Thus by default it accepted the director general's text and killed its own proposal. India has abandoned its own proposal and meekly surrendered to the European Union's demand. It may be recalled that it was the Indian Commerce Secretary who had written to 85 countries seeking support for the waiver proposal. The Commerce Ministry changed its stand around last July. It was after BVR Subramanyam, an advocate of trade liberalization and IP protection, took charge as Commerce Secretary. This change of stance now not only affects the waiver decision but also India's perceived trustworthiness as a collision partner. What a pity. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more news and analysis, head to our website www.senfa.org and keep listening to Yumi and the Economy.